Welcome back to another episode of Preschool Pioneers. I am your host, Jeremy Walker. You can follow us on our parent network, CR101 Radio, on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Gab, Rumble, and YouTube. And you can subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform so you never miss an episode. Visit cr101radio.com forward slash preschool pioneers for these links. So let's get us started on this episode. It is entitled, D is for Discipline, How Modern Ideologies Have Redefined Discipline as Abuse. Welcome back, everybody. And let's get started with asking ourselves the question we love to ask here on Preschool Pioneers, why Christians should become teachers. Well, Christians should become teachers because modern humanistic ideological beliefs concerning child-rearing and discipline are being taught as facts, and the biblical doctrines concerning child-rearing and discipline are being taught as destructive and even abusive. For the past few decades, the seeds of humanism have been sown, and now the destructive consequences of anti-biblical ideologies is being very clearly seen. Christians need to get involved if more generations can be spared. See, this is what we want to talk about. What is happening in the world? Part of it is people aren't asking themselves the right questions where these things are concerned. See, discipline is something that is what you are producing. Discipline can be plumbing. It can be artistry. Anything that you're trained in doing is a form of discipline. Now, other things are education, teaching, correction, reproof, uh, punishment. These are all different topics, but discipline in and of itself is producing a product. You're training somebody to produce something. And that's what we want to talk about today. Because humanism has taken the world by storm and is being taught as it as if it has all the answers. Where Christianity is being taught as abusive towards people. So let's ask ourselves a few vital questions. What is the goal of the parent or teacher when they teach, educate, discipline, and correct their child? What is the underlying starting point of where the parent or teacher is coming from? Where does the parent or the teacher get the knowledge of what is best for the child and the methodology of how to deal with children? What is the product of humanistic ideology, and what is the product of biblical theology? See, all of these are very vital questions, because everybody has a goal, humanism and Christianity. Everyone has an underlying starting point, humanism and Christianity. We all have a place where we get this knowledge or this information of what's best for the child, or how our methodology, how they're supposed to be utilized to produce our overall goal for the child. Having been in the child care field for over 20 years now, I've gotten to see the product of humanistic ideologies firsthand. I've gotten to be trained in humanistic ideologies in state-sanctioned classes. Those are child care classes and whatnot. I've gotten to sit down and listen to the instructors who have been taught 
in these ideologies who are trying to pass this on to others. I've seen parents who have been listening to the parenting advice from such quote-unquote experts in the field of early childhood education. And, of course, I've seen over the last 20 years the product of biblical theology and biblical child-rearing that I've done at my own school. And pretty much the product that both produce is completely different. It's really staggering. One is destructive to a child and especially their future, and one prepares them for a life of benefit, a life of victory in this world. And that's what the parent and the teacher's job is to do. Because we want to discipline children for the future, for success, where humanistic ideologies want to discipline a child for a future of rebellion and failure, but not success, never success. So I want to go ahead and touch on here as we start to move forward some very great examples to show you the difference between humanism and Christianity. One of the main ideas and concepts for humanism is that children, at least the teachers and the parents they're taught, they should teach the children to obey themselves, not someone else. So in other words, instead of obeying a parent, instead of obeying a teacher, they should learn to obey themselves, to trust themselves. Well, biblically, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, God says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not upon thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We want to train children, Christians do, Christian parents and Christian teachers, to trust what God says is best for them, not what they think is best for them. But humanism is quite the opposite. They want children to do what they think is right. And if you have children, or if you are a teacher, or have been for any length of time, you know that children do not do what is best in their interest. They never do, including adults. Wrong decisions, the same mistakes made again and again and again. One of the most destructive things you can ever do is train a child not to listen to other people, authorities over them, and to just listen to your heart. If you want to destroy your child, that's what you'll teach them. If you want to benefit the child, you will tell the child, you'll discipline the child to trust the Bible, trust what God has said is right for them. Humanism teaches this, that adults should have no right to the obedience of children. In other words, just because you're an adult, an older person, you have no reason to expect that children should ever listen to you. And children are taught they don't have to listen unless there's a good reason to. In other words, there are no authorities except what they decide to acknowledge. Now, this has an underlying dangerous theme to it, which is undermining the authority of the family, and the parents in particular, father and the mother. And the reason for this is very, very scary because they want to destroy the family. They want children to refuse to listen to their parents. But it doesn't mean that all authority is being undermined. See, only the family 
But when it comes to the state and other people like that, well, those people you have to listen to. But you don't have to listen to your parents because they have no right to your obedience. Well, Christianity teaches something completely, uh, completely different. In Ephesians 3, 6, 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. See, Christianity teaches quite the opposite, that parents do have a right to the obedience of their children because the family was created by God. And this is part of the starting point. Humanists have no starting point of authority. There is no authority except by force. That's right, except by force, where Christianity does not teach such a thing. Parents have authority that comes from God. And when a child obeys their parents, they're obeying God. And it is the first commandment with promise. They will live a long life. The vast majority of children who grow up disobeying their parents, hating their parents, do not live long and prosperous lives. They're short, they are painful, and they're destroyed by the end. Humanism teaches that children are wise, that they will react with love to love and hate with hate. So in other words, humanism believes that if you just love the child a permissive with the child, then the child is going to just love you back. Well, that's just not true. That's not what happens. People that try to pour affection and love on their child do nothing but spoil the child. They are flummoxed. They are baffled. Why is it that you're screaming and hitting me when I'm doing nothing but loving you? Well, because you have a poor theological background. You fall in prey to the idea that children are naturally good and they'll just love you if you love them. That's not true. See, the Bible teaches something quite different. It says in Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. A very simple verse. Most people hate this. And they hate it because they want to be rebels. Because the child is not naturally wise. The child is foolish. Anybody who looks at a child as they grow, they know that they are foolish. They do not do what's in their best interest. They will harm and hurt people all around them if they don't get what they want. They need to be corrected. Now, the rod of correction is authority. The parent cannot give up their authority to the child. And it happens daily in every home and every child care center on the planet because they're being taught that they should never, ever, 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 ever tell the child no or try to force their will upon the child. The child needs to know their limitations. What they're going to benefit is that they need to learn that they have to learn self-control. Children that have never learned this from their parents are being set up for a life of pain. They've never been taught to honor authority, to control themselves, and not to trust themselves, but lean on good counsels as well. But if you love your child, you will help correct them. You will help them control themselves, the foolishness that is in them. Humanism teaches that if you discipline a child, then you're going to turn them bad. You're going to turn them into a hater. In other words, they try to tell the lie 
if you try to restrain the child, if you try to push your authority on the child, then they're going to be what was a good social child would now become a bad, insincere hater. So in other words, you might get them. You might get them on the outside to make it look like that they are listening to you, but inside they hate your guts. Well, that's just not true. That's not what happens. Now, it does happen to certain people who grow up, who are humanist, who then despise the fact that they had authority figures who would restrain them. They all wanted just unrestrained ability to do whatever they wanted. And so when they grew up, they began, uh, began to hate those people, like their parents, who did restrain them. See, these are the foolish people who wished that their parents just let them do whatever they wanted. Because these people are anti-Christian to the core. They hate authority because they hate God. Because Proverbs 29.15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. We've all seen this. We've all seen the child who refuses to listen to their parents, who's throwing a fit, punching, kicking, screaming, yelling at them, insulting them. And this is the child that brings mommy to shame. But you do it to yourself. Us as parents, us as teachers, we do this to ourselves because we won't give the child what they need. See, the rod and reproof give wisdom. The rod is your authority. You cannot give up the fact that you're the parent and you're going to tell the child what they're going to do. Positives for good behavior, negatives for bad behavior. Reproof is where you're telling the child that what they're doing is wrong. You're setting the limitations. You're going to instill wisdom into the child. If you leave them to themselves, if you give up your authority, if you refuse to make the child listen to you and your authority over them for their benefit, then you're going to destroy the child. This is why we have a preschool-to-prison pipeline, as they call it. Children have never been grown up, raised by good people who have their best interests at heart. They're left to themselves, never taught authority, and they go from preschool straight to prison. And this is part of it. These people who claim humanistic doctrines, who despise Christianity, they don't love children. They hate children. They don't want to give them self-control. They want them to bring not only themselves to shame, but their families as well. Humanism says they would never discipline the child, which means to make the child listen, forcing them to listen, because they would become aware that if you do so, that those same people will hate you. Well, you don't want to do this. Would you? Would you want the child to hate you? Or do you want the child to love you? This is an emotional appeal to the parent and the teacher. And it's wrong. Proverbs 19.18 says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. This is overly important. Because people, when they see their child cry, they never want their child to cry. Well, guess up what? When you understand that foolishness is in the heart of the child, do you understand that the vast majority of the time the child is not crying because there's a problem? They're crying out of anger because you didn't give them what they wanted. And if you want them to stop crying, well, you're just going to have to give them everything they want. And I've had people who've told me that. Well, my child never cries at home. And I've had to look at them straight in the face and say, well, I guess they probably are never told what to do. See, 
when you're in a setting where there are limitations, like say a preschool setting in particular, there are limitations. You can't just go do what you want to do. You cannot be completely self-indulged every second of the day like that happens at home. Parents are destroying their children by allowing them to do anything they want because they just don't want to see them cry. See, the Bible gives us the warning to chasten. This means to correct, to reprove, to discipline, to teach and educate while there's hope. Because there's a time when you try later and you find out that you've destroyed your child and you try to fix it then and there's no hope. It's too late. You had your chance and you failed. See, the vast majority of the time, there aren't bad kids. They're bad parents and bad teachers. That's the vast majority of the time. They fail to do their jobs. They listen to bad ideological beliefs and they destroy their children. They hate their children because if they really did love them, if you love them, you would give them what they need to thrive in the future. See, humanism says that they don't want to hurt the dignity of the child by giving them discipline, reproving them, correcting them. So you just leave them to themselves, give them what they want, don't force yourself onto them because they have inherent dignity. Well, see, Proverbs thirteen eighteen says, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. See, if you want to give a child dignity then you give them what they need to earn the dignity and respect that they want. If you don't want them to be shamed, if you don't want them to be poverty-stricken, then you are going to teach them to like instruction, to love it, because the people around them care about them. In particular, humanists would say that God hates people, where it's very clear in the Bible God gives instruction because he loves them. And if you, of course, refuse his instruction, well... You're going to reap what you sow. But God does not give instruction because he hates people. You have to understand that humanism has a certain belief about the future, about parenting, about how to create a better future for the world. And that is through children. This is why the battle between humanism and Christianity is so fierce and why the battleground is not in Washington, is not in the realm of politics but it is in the classroom, and it is in, in particular, the home. Because humanism teaches a simple concept. They believe that the future of humanity rests with the new parents, not with the current parents. Because they believe if, if they ruin the life force in their children by arbitrary authority, crime and war and misery will go on flourishing. If they carry on in the footsteps of their disciplinary parents, they will lose the love of their children. For no one, they believe, can love what he fears. They also believe that neurosis begins with parental discipline, which is the very opposite of parental love. For the humanist, if you love your child, you will not try to exert authority over them. If you love your child, you will not try to discipline them. In other words, restrain them, correct them, give them the reproof that they need. If you try to elicit any form of fear, fear of punishment, fear of loss of attention, 
a loss of acceptance, then you are not going to love your child. You're going to lose the love of your child. See, this is the way humanists try to persuade things. They try to attack your emotional side through false doctrine because they believe sincerely, they do sincerely believe this, that the future belongs to the undisciplined. They believe that the future belongs to the child who has never learned authority. They believe that all problems, all neurosis, begins when parents exert themselves and discipline their children. People will teach in government-sanctioned classes that the teacher is not an authority figure, but they are simply a facilitator to help the child. And any problems that the child has is not them. They're not the problem. It's the environment that's the problem. In fact, many, many of the most modern techniques about child rearing and discipline have nothing to do with restraining a child, correcting a child, or reproving a child. It's all about correcting the teacher, restraining the teacher, reproving the teacher, or in fact, mostly the parents. See, they believe that if you have real parental love, then you will never tell your child that most hated, horrible word that will cause them a neurosis that will destroy their future, the word no. However, the Bible and biblical wisdom from God says in Proverbs 13, 24, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. In other words, the rod is your authority. The rod is your God-given responsibility to properly raise your child. Those parents who self-indulge their children, the ones that never say no, the preschool-to-prison pipeline are full of people who had parents who never exerted themselves upon their child. I've been working in child care for 20 years, and there's been one simple result of this type of doctrine, and that is simple. Children as young as two years old are having to be kicked out, expelled from school, after school, after school, because they refuse to listen to any authority, and it started in the home. It's not further help because in the school systems, preschools and otherwise, teachers are told also, you are not an authority figure. You're not supposed to restrain them. You're not supposed to tell them no. To love them is to let them do whatever they want. Why should two, three, and four-year-olds be being removed from schools? Because they are so undisciplined, they harm other people. They run from people. They spit on people. They curse at people. They destroy property. This is what you get with this kind of doctrine. Those people hate children. Let me say that again. If you missed what I just said, the people that hold to these humanistic doctrines do not love children. They hate children. They are the ones who create a neurosis in children to believe that they are an authority amongst themselves. They can do whatever they want. And anybody who gets in their way deserves to be harmed, to be kicked at, to be spit upon. These parents, these teachers, these school systems 
are creating a future loser. Somebody who cannot work around other people in a community. Parents constantly, constantly are asking the question, well, what's wrong with my child? There's nothing wrong with your child. There's something wrong with you, the teacher, the parent. You're buying into humanistic false ideologies that do not tell you about who the child is or what they need. And you are the problem. That child is perfectly okay. They are what they are. They need you to help them learn to grow, learn to thrive. But instead, you're destroying their future. See, Proverbs 13, 12 also says, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. See, correction is not a form of hate. Discipline to train up a child in the way that they should go is not something you do that is harmful to a child. When you leave them to themselves, that is when you hate them. When you let them do whatever they want, that is when you hate them. Children are being kicked out of schools as young as two years old because no restraint is put upon them of any sorts and it just gets worse with age. So what's the solution from these humanistic educators and parents and doctors and psychologists and experts? Well, since we can't discipline the child, we can't exert authority, it's a chemical imbalance. We're going to drug your kid. We're going to give them low doses of antiamphetamines, basically meth, and we're going to drug your child on a daily basis. I remember a parent who had a child who would run around the classroom and refused any listening skills at all. What was the solution that she came up with from her doctor? The child needed a weighted vest. That's right, a weighted vest, a vest that would strap on them. They could not get off, zippers in the back. It was weighted down with literal weights that as the child moved throughout the day, it would tire them out. And they couldn't run around because their weights were so heavy. And if they didn't uh, get restrained from this, well, then we needed to up your dosage of drugs. Put more weights in your vest. Basically, they're torturing children and calling this love. See, it's an important part in Proverbs 29.1 says, quote, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. See, if you are a child grows up without discipline, they're going to destroy themselves. If you did, as a parent, attempt to restrain them and they refuse to do so, refuse to listen, goes into older kids, even adults, they're going to destroy themselves and without remedy. You need to listen to what God says about the pedagogical teaching, about how child-rearing actually works in the real world. Because people are not animals. People are not products of time and chance. They are products of creation. They are special. They are important. But children, foolishness is tied up in their heart. They need parents to help them, guide them, nurture them, to make them grow the way they should, to set them up for a proper future and not destroy them. If you are a teacher, you need to pay attention to this. If you are a parent, you really need to pay attention to this. Most of the problems are not a school. Schools can help. I've helped many people with homes who've fallen into these ideologies. And then, of course, when they come to my school, the children, when they learn to listen through us, through our school system, they see a change in their child, and the parents are amazed. The things you hear is, 
they've changed so much while at your school. And it's not magic. It's authority. See, humanism teaches one more thing, and we're going to wrap up this section. Humanism teaches about a loving environment without parental discipline. They say that a loving environment without parental discipline will take care of most of the troubles of childhood. That if what I want parents to realize is this, is that they believe this concept. They believe that the environment without child, uh, parental discipline or teacher discipline is how we're going to correct a child's problems. Stop telling them what to do and all the problems will go away. Well, sure, sure, sure. They won't fight you if you never tell them no. I've even had people say that before, and I think I mentioned this already. Well, we don't have these problems at home. Well, sure, because you don't tell them to do anything at home. So impartial humanism is correct, but it's not fixing the problem. It just eliminates the fights. But guess what? You're going to have to say no. You're going to have to put restraints, and that fight is coming because you spend all your time refusing to tell the child no, refusing to do your job as the teacher specifically as the parent. And then all of a sudden, when you have to step in, because you have to restrain them eventually, now all of a sudden, the child's going to be super angry with you. How dare you? How dare you let me do whatever I want all the time, and now you think you can tell me what to do? You've already given up authority. How dare you try to exert something that you've already established you don't possess? See, this doesn't work. You're a loving environment, a loving environment without parental discipline. It doesn't exist. See, here's the thing. They believe that if their children are given an environment of love and approval in home and at school, that any nastiness, hate, and or destructiveness will never arise. In other words, if everybody just knows that you accept them for who they are because of who they are, and no matter what they do, everything is golden gooses and unicorns and rainbows, then they're never going to be mean to somebody. They're never going to be angry with somebody. They're never going to hurt somebody. They're never going to destroy things. This is a humanistic utopian dream that doesn't exist in the real world. I've seen what happens with people in my childcare facility who follow such doctrines. These are the children who run around a classroom and start harming children, punching and kicking them for no reason whatsoever because the child has never been restrained. And if I want to hurt somebody, who are you to tell me I can't? They will destroy property. They will spit. They will scratch. I've had people try to destroy my office before. I've had to try to seclude them in a the corner, waiting for the parent to get there, because if they're around anything, they would destroy it. See, this idea of humanism destroys children. Because here's what God says. Out of all this stuff, God is giving us important information that we need to learn. In Proverbs 1, 20-33, says this, and this is what biblical wisdom is talking about. If we decide to reject what God says, to accept humanism, here's what God says. Proverbs 1, 20-33. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. This is speaking to children and mostly to us as parents and as teachers. How long will we delight in scorning and uh, fools? How long will we hate the knowledge of God? Turn you at my reproof, 
Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you, because I have called, and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But you have said it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way, and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Unquote. See, God has not been silent on child-rearing. God has not been silent on what is good for your child and your student. God has told you. And if you care about that child, if you love the child, then you will listen to what God says is best for the child. What they need, what will help them, will cause them to prosper and have a wonderful, abundant, thriving life throughout their entire life. But if you don't, you will be filled with what you've sown. That's what you're going to reap. Parents that refuse to listen to godly counsel, listen to the humanistic false ideologies of their day. God is sitting back watching them and saying, you're getting what you deserve. That should scare us, especially as parents. Because if you fail, you've destroyed your child, and you have to suffer and live with the consequences. I recently talked to a grandfather who was talking to me about a child who was being removed from a school. And this was his question. We just don't know what to do. We just don't know what to do. We know that if we try to make her listen, it just makes her more angry. So we don't know what to do. We just want the school to teach us or tell us how we can just deal with it. In other words, even when they're suffering from these terrible consequences of the child being kicked out repeatedly from schools, they still will not listen to the fact that they are failing as parents, failing as grandparents. And they, for some reason, want a solution. Well, I can tell you the solution they're going to get once that child enters into kindergarten, first grade, and the public school system. They're going to drug the child. They are going to try to cover up their sins and failures as parents and grandparents with drugs. How is that not abusive to these little innocent children who just need you to be a parent, who just need you to do your job, but instead you're going to turn to drugs and drug them out of their mind on a daily basis because you failed. Well, we're going to wrap up this part of our episode with telling you to take God's advice, take the wisdom of God about what is best for that child. Children need boundaries. They need loving parents and teachers who are going to help guide them and give them the limitations that they have. The child can at no point think for some reason they can ever be allowed to do whatever they want. This is God's world. They live in it, and they will only prosper if, of course, they learn how to properly live in it and keep the commandments that God has given them. And 
us as parents, grandparents even, and definitely as teachers. We will help them prosper if we give them the word of God and faithfully teach it to them on a daily basis. That will help their future. Now, I want to remind everybody here also about something else, which I think is going to be very beneficial to them. It's the Rushduni Radio Project put on by uh, Rushduni Radio and the Chalcedon Foundation. You can learn more about that at rushdunyradio.org. There are many lectures and sermons that will be very, very beneficial to parents and teachers in biblical law, doctrine, and theology. And all these subjects have to do with our daily lives. So check it out when you get a chance, rushdunyradio.org. Moving on to our second section here, the Preschool Pioneers Field Guide. I want to talk about briefly just how to handle out-of-control children or violent children. That kind of goes in compilation with the podcast episode we're doing today because this is the practical side of how to deal with children who have been taught these ideologies and are out of control, and some of them violently out of control. Now, the first thing you want to do when you have a child who is either out of control or violent, this can be harming other children, destroying property, using profanity and other issues, even personal safety where they're trying to run from you. You always want to assess the situation, find out what's going on. You never want to jump to conclusions about what type of situation you're dealing with and see if there's a pattern of behavior that starts to develop, especially if you're in a child care setting. You want to, if you need to, remove the child from a classroom. It's always good to get them on their own, let them calm down if they're upset. Also, if they're a danger to themselves or others, you need to get them out of the area if you need to. It's always best, if you can, to coax them out uh, only in extreme situations where you want to actually have to physically remove a child, pick them up and move them. It's usually a last resort. But if you had to protect them for their own personal safety or that of others, that might be something you need to do or at least be prepared to do. You need to, number three, attempt to talk to the child, see what's going on. Very often there might be something that's going on that you don't know what it is. You always want to start with trying to see if there is something. Talk to the teachers, talk to the child, trying to come to what the issue is itself. Maybe you might be able to reason with them. Number four would be to seclude them in a safe area that's away from others. And so this is in particular important for the child, like I mentioned earlier, who is throwing things and trying to destroy things because they will harm other people in a rage or because they deliberately want to do so. And I've seen both. I've seen some situations where children were in complete control of themselves and just wanted to break and or harm people. In other situations where they're just in a violent temper and needed to be secluded. Number five, you need to contact parents and remove them from the facility as soon as possible, especially in situations where safety is a concern. It's something that you have to talk to the parents about, but sometimes there's not the time to talk. It's just not need to be a phone call and as quickly as they can get the parents there to help you. Number six is restraining a child should there be uh, a last resort that you need to do so, but it should only be used when a child compromises their own safety safety of others or is causing damages to property because this can't be allowed and restraining a child should be an absolute last resort but it might be necessary to do so for the safety of others around you and even for the safety of the own uh, the child themselves maybe they're trying to leave the building so it is your responsibility as a teacher to make sure that you do this but it should be an absolute last resort and you should seek and see if there is training that is available to do so 
uh, because restraining a child can be a dangerous thing to do. They can harm you or you could harm them uh, inadvertently if you're not careful, especially a violent child. So it should be a last resort, but something that you should seek out training to do so. Uh, we have gone through training courses myself and had to learn how to do certain things, how to safely restrain somebody should we need to. And so it is something that you should seek out. And number seven, and lastly, you should evaluate the level of threat, if there is any at all, and see if they can the, the child themselves can be returned to the facility. A lot of times, and most times, it'll just be behavior that you can work with, but as a pattern develops, you might have to remove them from the facility with a three-shot type thing, and you're out. Uh, first shot being you let the parents know what's going on, uh, you know, phone call, whatnot, and you might have to send the child home uh, if it's, you know, depending on the level of threat. Uh, the next one would be if within a week you have the same type of behavior that you're dealing with, you might need to send them home and suspend them for a day. And then, of course, lastly, you would need to send the child home and potentially expel them from the facility. Now, this uh, threat assessment can be elevated depending, of course, on the level of threat that they pose to other people. Sometimes immediate expulsion is necessary should you need to do so. But as a facility, as a teacher, you need to be able to evaluate these things, have plans in place so that you're ready for do, to do such things. So that's my tip of this uh, day for our Preschool Pioneers Field Guide, how to handle children that might be violent or out of control. And I'd like to jump us into our Section 3 uh, tools and resources that might be helpful to you if you don't already have them in place in your preschool. And that is we do have what's called a preschool in a box. And we sell that ourselves and help other people with it. You can find information about that at gcsapprenticeship.com forward slash materials. You'll find more information about an operations manual, which can tell you how to operate a facility in a school. Many of the discussions we've been talking about, policies you might need to have in place, are spelled out. We have a preschool curriculum, ages 3 to 5, which is everything you would need from coloring papers to games and activities and art projects, everything you could possibly need. We have a phonics reading program, which even if you have no idea how to teach children as young as 2 years old to read, you can do so. And with our materials, you can teach children to read before the age of kindergarten with no problem. We have math programs, which also work on just like reading. We also work on mathematics. We have a Bible program, which can teach you if you wanted to incorporate Bible teaching into your school, how to do that. We also have videos, which can also be supplemented if you don't have somebody who can do the Bible teaching themselves. And we also have some books available as well, which you can check those out at gcsapprenticeship.com forward slash materials. And lastly, I'd like to share some comments we've gotten from our clients. As I mentioned before, I've been in child care for over 20 years. I've worked with parents. I've worked with teachers. I've worked with students for over 20 years now. And one of the goals is you want to make people happy. You want to do a great job. You want to make the lives of the parents and the children better that you serve. So I'd like to share just a couple comments we've received over the years. One of them comes from one of our parents. His name was Scott. He says, quote, the entire staff at Grace Community School are friendly and go above and beyond with each and every child. My child loves it there and has learned so much. So thankful that we found a Bible-based preschool. Thank you to everyone at Grace Community School for helping out to give our daughter a great start to her future. Another one was from Ashley. Quote, my family and I have been so blessed in finding Grace Community School. It has been a very unique experience, and our child always looked forward to going back to school. 
We are very thankful for Ms. Faith and Robert and all the staff who have made our experience as a parent very special. For anyone looking for a great experience and a safe environment for their child, definitely look into Grace Community School. These are the kind of quotes that you're looking for. These are the kind of experiences you're hoping to give parents. You want to give them that confidence. You want people, when they bring their child to you, to know that they are in good hands. So I hope I've given you something to think about as far as the concept of child care as parents and potentially as, in particular, teachers. And uh, I've really enjoyed this time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in with me today. Well, we're going to be tuning in next time for another episode. Hopefully you can tune in with us again. Don't forget to check out cr101radio.com forward slash preschool pioneers to find this episode and many more that you may have already missed. But until then, this is Jeremy Walker signing off, saying thank you for being with us, and God bless.